Romans chapter 8 this morning. We're going to continue what we started last Sunday morning, uh, but I'll catch you up so you that weren't here don't worry about missing anything. And last week we preached on the uh, deliverance, and that song goes right along with the deliverance of the Spirit. This morning we're going to preach on the difference of the Spirit life. And by the way, I want to appreciate so much the glory class. I said uh, in my article, we might be old, but we know how to cook. Amen. Praise God. And we know how to eat. And that was a wonderful barbecue. Some people uh, cooked uh, brisket for 14 straight hours. Amen. And, uh, of course, the grill did a lot of that, but a uh, smoker did a lot of it. That was delicious. And the barbecue. And we had more desserts than we ever had in our life. It was a miscommunication here. Amen. Uh, Y'all didn't think that the older people were going to cook desserts. We cooked desserts. Amen. Well, I didn't cook them. I, I sampled them. My wife made banana pudding. I love banana pudding. And I almost ate it on the way here to church Tuesday night, and I would have been in big trouble. I'd had to have some deliverance. But uh, it was a great night. Then also I want you to pray for a family of a dear man of God, Brother Larry Brown, passed away yesterday uh, from North Augusta, South Carolina. He planted the Victory Baptist Church, tremendous church. And uh, he came here often for awesome preaching in August. I think he preached one uh, Bible conference a Monday and Tuesday night. And he was always an encouragement. Very unusual preacher, very humorous, uh, very animated. Uh, I'll never forget uh, him preaching that message about him getting saved. And He said the preacher's finger was just all the way back to the back pew. And, and he was trying to dodge it. And I, I just picture that. Then one time he preached at the Southwide Fellowship. And God moved in such a tremendous way. He had all his preachers uh, that knew him sit up front and pray, pray for him. And I mean, people were under the communion table getting right with God, praying, because he preached on a form of fundamentalism. And it was just a form, going through the motions. That's exactly what you'll do if you're in the flesh this morning. And so we're preaching on the spirit life, the difference of the spirit life. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's a difference in being lost and saved. And folks, you'll know that you're saved because of the difference that Christ made. I think about an old gospel song. I wish I knew it. I'd had the ladies sing it. On, uh, and maybe the choir can sing it sometime. Since Jesus passed by. Oh, what a difference. Since Jesus passed by. And that song pictures the blind man when Jesus passed by. There was a difference. So I'm going to say this, friend. If you think you can get saved and there is no difference, you've got another thought coming. Because when you meet Jesus, he comes in your life, the Holy Spirit, and that spirit makes a big difference because he's the Holy Spirit. You can't even worship God unless you worship him with, in spirit and in truth. Uh, this morning we have a record number of people listening by online. Let the Holy Spirit come in your bedroom. I hope you got out of bed at least to listen to me. That'd be dangerous. I know uh, Brother Mark called and to pray with me as he does, uh, as he's out of town. And they, they drove all the way in from New Mexico and got here at 8.30. I said, stay at home, brother, because you'll fall out of the pew if you drove that long. And um, their air conditioning went out in their car, and so they had to just drive on through the night. And uh, But he, he called to pray with me. But I want to tell you something, friend. If you're not careful, you'll come here and fall asleep spiritually. You'll go through the motions. You'll look bored. You'll act bored. You will be bored. But if you'll worship in spirit and in truth, whether you're at home or here, 
God's presence will be real. That's what I want. Amen? I don't want to preach in the flesh. I've done a lot of things in the flesh. I've gotten the flesh when my favorite team lost, which they're not going to do next Saturday night. Uh, I, 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 I get in the flesh sometimes over people that make me mad and make me sad. And I want to tell you something. To live in the flesh is a terrible life. It's a life of, of death, and it's a life of anger, and it's a life of, of all kinds of wickedness. And we'll go to that in just a minute. But I'm glad I've been delivered. Let's stand and honor the Word of God. I'm going to preach verses 5 through 13, but I just feel impressed that I need to read verse 1 through 4 just to remind you of what I preached on last Sunday morning and Sunday night. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now that's not a requirement, that is results. Folks, if you're saved, you walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Sin is an exception, it's not a profession. You don't live in sin. Look at verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life, that's where my text is, spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, thank you ladies, that song, from the law of the sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And so by grace you're saved from sin, but you're also saved from yourself. Amen. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. What a challenge. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now here's the text this morning. For they that are after the flesh do mind. I want you to underline the word mind. The things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Amen. For if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. What a blessing. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, you're debtors not to the flesh, but to live. Folks, not to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good song service. And I do pray, dear God, that you'd be with uh, Brother Jeremy and Miss Angie and Brother Harold as they're sick this morning. I pray, dear God, that you'd just uh, uh, help them in a special way. Lord, we just praise you and thank you, God, for uh, the blessing of being here and the blessing of being able to have church and Sunday school. God, thank you for all the children that graduated this morning to another class. God, will recognize them next, next Sunday in the 11 o'clock services. We're all together. But dear Lord, thank you so much that you delivered us from ourselves, and you delivered us from a place called hell and you delivered us 
from the dominion of sin and Satan and the flesh. And so, Lord, we thank you, dear God, as we study on down in Romans chapter 8, that we see the difference that you make. Oh, what a difference. We thank God for that difference. And so, Lord, please help us as we preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Romans chapter 8 marks a major shift in the thinking of the Apostle Paul. And uh, he introduces several aspects of how life is transformed by the Spirit. Now, I want to say this, and I was trying to help my wife a little bit with her devotion. She's going to give her gospel story. She's up in junior church, uh, not preaching, just teaching. And, um, you know, the Bible says we're passing death unto life when we get saved. Can somebody say amen? amen? I mean, you were dead in your sins and trespasses. Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 3, you walked according to the course of this world. And you were subject to the power of the devil in the flesh. In other words, you was just a puppet. And the devil had your strings tied to your life. And he used the flesh to be his strings to manipulate you to do exactly what he wanted you to do. It's about time you cut the cords to the devil. It's about time you got saved. It's about time you really truly got delivered by the Spirit of God. But I want you to notice in verse 5 through uh, 13... Uh, that there's a, there's a word mentioned many times about the spiritual life. And that word's mind. Mind. You know, it's a matter of the mind. Uh, the Bible's clear in teaching that how a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. The Bible teaches that out of the heart proceedeth words and also actions. And so folks, listen... If you've got garbage in your mind, you're going to have garbage in your life. Amen. And so your attitude affects your actions. Say amen. So y'all walked in here with a bad attitude, you're not going to get a thing out of this message. You might as well just go home. No, don't do that. Uh, the whole church leaves, amen. But, uh, uh, you know, if you come in with an attitude, well, this is not very important. And you got rope burns because your wife drug you in here, husbands. You're not going to get much out of it because you're in the flesh. But if you prayed, and I thank God for the prayers already for me this morning, and I wish you really would pray for me because it's been a very testing week. But I'll tell you this, friend. Uh, every man's focus in his mind uh, creates an action. Garbage in, garbage out. It comes out in actions. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. That you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Folks, there ought to be a good attitude in Christians' lives. There's a difference in the spiritual life. And I want to deal with this difference in attitude. You know, your altitude in life depends upon your attitude in life. you got a rotten attitude. Some people are... Uh, uh, trash collectors instead of treasure collectors. I mean, they believe anything that's on the internet. I mean, it's not uh, innocent until proven uh, 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 guilty uh, 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 until uh, innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty until you try to prove your innocence. And that's sad today that we live in such a assassinating culture that everybody believes everything they read and everything they see and. And folks, uh, it can be the furthest thing from the truth there is. But I want to tell you something, you ought to believe this book. 
You ought to believe this Word. You ought to believe what the Word says about the flesh and the Spirit. And I'm glad I'm saved because I'm saved. When I, when I was saved, Romans 8 9, the Spirit of God came in my life. And when He comes in, our, in my life, there's something that changes. Number one, I want you to see the desire of your mind is changed. Look at verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Folks, you see that? It says, they that are after the flesh, after the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh. There's the desire. I like that song Brother Travis sings often on, it's my desire. Folks, there ought to be a new desire when you get saved. And I want to tell you something, there will not be if you're just reformed or if you're just educated or you just try to talk yourself into it. There was a guy a long time ago when I was a kid named Norman Vincent Peale. The power of positive thinking. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, some people thought that was the savior of their life. And I want to tell you something. It's not the power of positive thinking. It's the power of positive faith. But when you get saved, the Spirit of God should be allowed to dominate and drive your mind to the things of God. And if you're not careful, this whole world will corrupt your mind. I mean, you'll get some stinking thinking instead of heavenly thinking. And you will have a bad attitude towards the things of God. That's why people get cold and indifferent and backslid in their mind before they backslide uh, publicly. You backslide privately a lot sooner than you backslide publicly. You can sit in a church or a good Christian school and be, have a bad attitude and already be backslidden because the Spirit of God's not dominating and driving and, and making a difference in your mind. It gives you a desire. Let me just say it this way. God, when He saves you, gives you a new appetite. Amen? I mean, your natural, the natural man desires not the things of God and cannot understand the things of God. The whole idea is that we're naturally bent, our orientation in our mind before we're saved is for ourselves, for this world, and then sometimes it can be for the devil. In other words, the carnal mind focuses on physical, material, and other selfish desires, and you can even be religious in the flesh. You can uh, say, well, uh, what, can I, what can this do for me? That's about as flesh as you can get. How can I get something for me? Our approach to God is on our own terms. We, we say, well, i got to work for salvation. That is not how you get saved, by working your way to heaven. There's not a ladder to heaven, there's a cross to heaven. Amen? Amen? There's not some fleshly leader that uh, you kiss his foot. There's a lamb of God to go to heaven. Amen? And so, folks, generally, however, the carnal mind is filled with thoughts that center around self-gratification. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. I'll get to 4.8 in just a minute, but look at Philippians chapter 3. And I want you to look at this verse. Verse 18. Excuse me, verse 19. Philippians 3.19. The Bible says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. I'm glad I didn't preach this message Tuesday. It says, uh, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame, whom mine earthly things. 
Now let me just ask you a, a penny for your thought. If I could read your mind right now, what would you be thinking? Well, I, some people would be thinking, oh, God, help him. Oh, God, help me. Oh, Lord, be worshiped in my life. Make yourself real. Some other people are saying, man, I am so sad that I'm here. I wish I was gone. I wish they'd get finished. It's boring. It's, it's, uh, it's just, you know, I'm doing this because I'm made to do it or I'm doing it to look impressive. And folks, the mind is set on things of the flesh. And that's why we're full of fear. And that's why we're full of depression. That's why we're full of ourself. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and uh, verse uh, 6. I love Philippians 4, don't you? One of the greatest chapters in the Word of God on how to overcome worry. How many of y'all worried this morning? You know, I'm just concerned, you say. Well, a lot of people just plain out worried about this stuff. But Philippians chapter 4 and verse... Um, uh, let, let me back up to verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. You know what that's saying? Don't worry about a thing. I wish I was there. But some of y'all are full of worry. You worry about so many things that's not going to take place that you're miserable today. So you let the past poison the present and ruin the future. Because you're worrying about something that's not even going to take place or something you couldn't even change or... God's in control, so let him handle it. Amen? But it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, it takes the Spirit of God for you to thank God for trials. Thank God for troubles. It says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts, that's your mind, will, and emotion, and minds through Christ Jesus. Folks, God, the Holy Spirit, will put up a fence around your mind. He'll put a filter around your mind. Folks, I mean garbage in, garbage out, but gospel in, gospel out. God in, God out. I'm telling you, friend, you need a filter system. You need an alarm system. You need to realize this. Listen to me now. We didn't come here to relax and sleep. We come here to worship. But I want to say this, friend. God help us to prepare our minds with God's spirit and God's word. Right. Or you're going to be worried about everything and you're going to miss a whole lot of things because you're going to be focused on yourself. Right. It's all about me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. And folks, listen, what, um, what can I do for myself is the theme of your life. But in Philippians chapter 4, it says uh, that he'll keep garrison. But look at verse 8, beautiful chapter. Beautiful verse. Finally, brethren. <clears throat> He's closing now. Don't pack up and leave. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are <clears throat> pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, I could go on down to verse 8 and 9 about if you have right thinking, you have right living. But I want to say this. I want to say it real carefully. The spirit life is letting God's word garrison your heart. God's spirit protect your heart, your mind, will, and emotions. 
And folks, listen, if you don't do that, you're going to have <clears throat> definitely the wrong desires. Then we see the direction of the mind. Look at verse 6, Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> it says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what we're preaching about. Amen. Life in the spirit. Not life in the church. Anybody can join a church. <clears throat> Anybody can turn over a new leaf. What you need is the spiritual awakening. And spiritual conviction. And spiritual conversion. And get saved. You must be born of the spirit. Folks, this is not some, I'm trying to get you to join, join the church and miss hell. No, I'm trying to get you to realize that you can't make it without Jesus. Amen. And you can't make it without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And nobody can live the Christian life. <clears throat> Let me repeat that. No one can live the Christian life. So if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't think I can live it. You sure can't. But I want to say this. When you get saved, the Spirit of God comes in your life. And it's a spiritual experience like no other experience. It's a spiritual miracle. You pass from death unto life. Get that picture. And so the direction of the mind. Remember before you got saved, what was on your mind most of the time? Yourself. How can I get ahead? How can I get rich? How can I get a date with that beautiful girl? How can I do this? How can I do that? Sounds like Romans 7, don't it? I don't want to do bad and end up doing it. I, don't, I want to do good. And I don't know, oh, wretched man that I am, he said. But then he got out of Romans 7 and got into Romans 8. And the first thing he deals with is you ought to have a spiritual mind. You ought to have a spiritual mind. Uh, folks, listen. A carnal mind focuses on things pertaining to the flesh. You're just dead. You're just dead. And a dead man cannot get good enough to get saved. A dead man needs a resurrection, a quickening. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. I know I read it last week, but um, we need to hear it again. It says, and ye, you hath he quickened. That means he brings to life. <clears throat> the Spirit of God quickens you when you get saved. What a miracle. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. You were dead. You needed a resurrection. Look at verse 2 though. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince and power of this air. Who's that? The devil, little g. And the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. But look at verse 3 for emphasis. Among whom also we all had our conversation, our way of life in times past and the lust of our flesh. The lust of our fulfilling the desires of the flesh. That's the word I want to get to. That we fulfilled what we wanted to do. Look at this. And, and listen. And of the what class? Mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. By nature. You have a carnal, natural mind that's enmity towards God. And your mind no matter how much you try to get it realigned, is corrupt and dead and directed by the devil, the flesh, the world. And folks, you need to get the Spirit of God in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions, 
we have a favorite thing. Have you asked Jesus to come in your heart? That's not this pump that wears out after 70 years. No, let me kick that up. Wears out after 90 years, amen? It's a good pump, but it's not guaranteed forever. But that's not what it's talking about. The heart in the Bible, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is it. Is the mind, the will, and the motion. It's you, it's the soul of your part. And when you get saved, the Spirit of God comes in your mind, He comes in your will, and He comes in your emotions, and He takes over your life if you'll let Him. But a lot of people won't let Him. And so, folks, it's a genuine indicator of your state, of your soul, how you think. Now, I'm not saying you think positive enough to go to heaven. Norman Vincent Peale never preached somebody into heaven. I don't care how positive you are. You ought to be positive this fact. If you're not saved, you're going to hell. Amen. That's pretty positive, amen? That's what the Bible says. 83 times the Bible preaches hell. 13 times Jesus preached on hell. So if it's not real, let's just take the Bible and throw it in the garbage and go home and join the crowd that's looking forward to one thing today, and that's a ball game. Or looking forward to one thing today, that's some recreation. They're looking forward to one thing, some relaxation. There's nothing wrong with all that, but if you put it before God, it is. Because yes, it's the flesh, and the flesh ruling your life. And folks, I want you to know there is a direction. Look at Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4, and I'll, I'll get to closing. You say, I hope so. But look at this. in the, uh, Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. In verse 3, I love these verses. It says, if you then be risen with Christ, really truly saved, born of the Spirit, seek those things which are above. What's on your mind most of the time? Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, he's still on the throne. Now listen to this. Set your affections Amen. on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Now listen to this. For we're dead, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. But verse 4, business picks up. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. And the next word, verse 5, says, Mortify therefore the members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, uh, covetousness, which is idolatry, and goes on and on with these terrible sins. And so, folks, listen, there ought to be a direction. There ought to be a desire. There ought to be a direction. Then last but not least, there ought to be a devotion, a devotion of our minds. Folks, when you get saved, you ought to have a new devotion. Yeah, I try to five minutes every morning. No, I'm not talking about that devotion. I'm talking about a devotion in life. Paul tells us the carnal mind really is an enemy of God. You didn't know you were so far away from God when you was lost. Look at verse 7, Romans 8. Go back, go back to Romans 8. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Folks, there ought to be a devotion. There ought to be a desire. There ought to be an appetite. There ought to be a direction in your life. But all that direction comes, there ought to be a passion in your life that you enthrone God as your master, your Lord, that he's everything. <clears throat> a lot of people, 
just go to church on Sunday morning, then they, then they just cancel everything for God. They don't ever read the Bible. They don't come back on Sunday night. They don't come back on Wednesday night. They just, hey, that Sunday morning's important. And I can't make it 10 o'clock because that's too early. But you get up to work at 6 o'clock to make it by 7. Some of you get up at 5 o'clock to make it by 6. So what's more important? And by the way, I believe Sunday school is more important than Monday school. Amen, right there. You're going to make a choice. Go ahead and skip school tomorrow and come to Sunday school. No, don't do that. I'm going to get in big trouble. But we're all concerned about school, but I want to tell you something. We ought to be concerned about Sunday school because it's spirit school. It's Bible school. Folks, there ought to be a devotion in your life. Folks, the carnal mind is so full of itself, so full of evil. And folks, I want to tell you something. A lost carnal mind is totally opposed to everything having to do with God. That's why before you're saved, you really don't like church. And when you're in the flesh, you really don't like church. You don't like to sing. You don't like to pray. You don't like anything about God because you're in the flesh. You could be in the flesh lost or you could be in the flesh backslidden. And both of them are miserable states. But I want to tell you something, friend. Romans 7, the verse 15 through 25. Somebody count it and give, give me the report. Some of y'all can do it on your little Bible program right now on your little phone, your little smartphone. You can do it right now. But how many times is I mentioned in Romans 7? It's unreal. I that do it. I don't, I, I don't want to do it. I end up doing it. I don't want to do I, I want to do good. I don't, I delight in the for I delight in the law of the Lord. That's the first time the eye started uh, pa pa uh, passing on a good, a good uh, direction and a good devotion. So I'm saying, folks, we need to be spiritually minded. And, folks, and there's a battle raging. Um, if you only knew, if you only knew what the devil had planned for your future, you'd fall on your knees before I got this message done. If you could see the raging demons of hell trying to destroy your life, your future, your children, your influence, your testimony, you'd fall on your knees right now. And I'm saying we're in a battle. And let me just close by saying this. The battle is spiritual. It's a raging battle. And it's raging inside your mind. It's raging inside of your soul. It's raging inside of your emotions. How many of you have ever got in the flesh and just got so mad you could have killed somebody or tried? So mad that you put your hand through a door or some stupid thing like that, unspiritual thing. That don't make a bit of sense. Just, you know, wait. Sooner or later, they'll come out. Amen? But I want to say this, friend. How many of you ever got in the flesh and did something really ignorant? Come on. I know people that's rammed people on the expressway, pulled out a gun on the expressway, horn-cussed people on the expressway, Brother Steve. That's your favorite saying. I mean, uh, just lost it driving down the road. Lost it in your home. Folks, you can't control the flesh. It'll take you lower than you ever thought it'd take you. I'm going to give you two verses. Two sets of verses. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I want you to look at chapter 5. If you don't see the battle, 
uh, you missed it. You missed it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. The Bible says this. This I say in the walk in, in the spirit. That's the spirit of life. Spirit of victory. Now listen. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the what? Flesh. So see, your biggest problem is yourself. Not the devil. Because the devil can only do so much. You, you succumb to the temptation by the flesh. You give in to the temptation. He entices, but you give in. He draws, but you fall. He talks and cons you, and you believe it. And folks, I want to tell you something. The Bible says in verse 18, if you then be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Here it is, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. That's a terrible sin. To be unfaithful to your wife or husband, that's terrible. You say, well, I'd never do that. Don't you say you'd never do that. The flesh can take you lower than you ever thought it can. Then look at, look at this. Fornication, that's a terrible sin. Folks, listen, you, ought to make, you, don't, you don't make love, you express love. The answer relationships for marriage only. Come on, say amen right there. You say, I don't like that. I know it because you're listening in the flesh. You listen to the Spirit, you'll say amen. Spirit says amen to truth. Uncleanliness, lasciviousness, that's such, such sexual sin that it's out of control. Idolatry. What's the root word of idolatry? I. What's that saying? Flesh. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envying, murders, drunkenness, reviling of such like, which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if that's a way of life, you're not saved. Now, you can commit one of these sins as an exception, but it's not a way of life. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many want to live like that? You want to live like that? You want to live subject to the flesh, the world, and the devil? Hey, you want politicians to run your life? You want yourself to run your life? Well, get out of Romans 7, get in Romans 8, but get out of verses 17 through 21 and get into verse 22. Listen to me. Verse 22. Yeah, your Bible, you stay awake. The Bible says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That's the way I want to live. I need to live that way. I get hurt, I need to love people. I need to love my wife more. She would say amen right here. She was up, not up in junior church. What a wonderful marriage it's been. But it's only because of the Spirit because nobody can live with my flesh. and Nobody can live with your flesh. Because when you're the flesh, you're just downright mean. Come on, manipulative. But we got out of that, didn't we? It says the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. And then joy. How many want to be happy? Well, smile once in a while, praise God. Hey, but some people say, oh, I don't want to be sad. I'm determined to be sad. You ever get up every morning and say, I just want to be mad today, praise God. Don't praise God because you're praising the flesh. I just want to be mean today. I want to be angry today. I just want to get even today. That's the flesh getting up. 
You ought to slap it. No, you ought to rebuke it. It says peace. Peace. Praise God. Peace. That's peace of mind. Peace of heart. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding and all misunderstanding. You just have peace. The whole world can hate you and you still have peace. The whole world's going to hell and you still have peace. Not that they're going to hell, but that you got saved and you can reach them. You got a mission. Look at this. Oh, I got to hurry. It's, I'm, in, I'm enjoying these words though. Long suffering. Woo! How many need that? Say amen right there. How many's got a short fuse in this room? I'm looking at you. Somebody, I can't even see your fuse. It's down to a nub. Spark's going to set you off any minute. You've already got mad at me three times and you're in church. I mean long-suffering. This church has been long-suffering with me. 43 years as your pastor. It's my first pastorate. I've been long-suffering. And look at this, gentleness. And I like this next word, goodness. You ever met somebody who's just good? Just good to be around them? I want to tell you something, friend. The spirit is attractive. When you're spirit-filled, people want to be around you. That's why, friend, listen, you better learn to get spirit-filled before you try to get married because you're not fit to live with in the flesh. Come on. You're narcissistic, self-centered, egotistic in the flesh. And all you want is your little old way. Frank Sinatra, I'll have it my way. I want it my way. God help you to get out of the flesh and get in the Spirit. And the only way to do that is get born of the Spirit and then yield to the Spirit. I'm not finished yet. It says gentleness, goodness, faith. Now I want to get down to what I was just, what the Lord was saying through Romans 8, that the flesh cannot please God. But you know what the Bible says? That you please God with what? Faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Believing that He is and, and, and coming to Him believing that He is. That's prayer. And that He's rewarded them that diligently seek Him. That's spiritual worship. That's spiritual discipline. I mean, He's read your Bible this week. But listen to this. The fruit of the Spirit is faith. You'll never please God unless you're full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, renewing your mind through the Spirit. And what's the, what's the Spirit used to communicate to you? The Word of God. It's a divine couplet. You leave the Spirit out of your life, you leave the Word of God out of your life, and you're on your own, buddy, and you're going to be wicked miserable, and make everybody else miserable while you're trying to live your own little life. God deliver me from myself. My wife would say again, amen. God deliver me from trying to be a father in the flesh, a papa in the flesh, a preacher in the flesh, a good Christian in the flesh. You'll never do it because the flesh cannot please God. Then it goes on to say meekness. Whew. You know what that is? That's not weakness. That's power and control. 
Folks, it's not thinking down on yourself. It's just not thinking of yourself. That's meekness. Temperance. Against us there is no law. Look at verse 24. They that are of Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. And oh, I'll try to get to verse 25 before we go. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. I ain't got time to get to the war in the Spirit. I'll do that tonight. But I want to say this, friend. Don't take another step in the flesh. Don't trust yourself. Well, if I know myself, I'm not really condemned over that sin. You don't know yourself, and you don't know what even sin is. Your heart's deceitfully, desperately, deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? The Hebrew connotation for that, Jeremiah 17, 9, is you don't know your heart. Amen. But, you know, we in our pride says, well, if I know my heart, I'm right with God. You don't know your heart. You better just ask God what he thinks. And you need to let the Spirit of God convict you every day that you need deliverance from the, from, from the flesh. And you need, praise God, a difference that only the Spirit can make in your mind, your will, and your emotions. Let's read, the, let's read that verse again, Romans chapter 8. Let's get back to our text. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And the one goal in your life ought to be to please God. And you'll never be happy with yourself until your, until your Savior is happy with you. You'll never be happy in the flesh, but you'll be real happy in the Spirit. And I'm not talking about jumping pews. And I'm not talking about speaking in some unknown tongue. And I'm not talking about shouting. That's all good if you want to do it, except the tongue part. But I'll say this. It's, it's a lot to do with the walking. And when you get home, you're full of His love, His joy, His peace, His long-suffering, His gentleness, and you're definitely full of faith. God, you got this. God, you're in control. And how many times we lose it? I mean, we absolutely come unglued by the problems that hit us. And we let everybody have a piece of our mind. Let me say this, lady. Don't give a piece of your mind because you can't afford to lose it. Well, I just gave him my, I just told him how I thought. Well, you might ought to keep it to yourself and pray about it before you tell somebody how you think. And folks, I want to tell you something. The most attractive person in this room is a person that is led, controlled, overruled by the Spirit. The Spirit. Thank God for the life in the Spirit over the life of the sorry flesh. Father, in Jesus' name we pray that we take this message to personal heart and realize, dear God, we need it because our life is a battle. Flesh versus the Spirit. And dear God, we need to have the right desires, the right appetites. We need to let your mind be in us. And we need to have the attitude of gratitude towards even the things that do not please us but could please you by our reactions, by our faith. 
by our continuance, our faithfulness. God help us to realize this Christian life is not joining some church or getting baptized. God, this Christian life is being baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit and then being filled, controlled by the Spirit. God, thank you for this wonderful, liberating chapter. A chapter that could set us all free from our sorry self. And help us, dear God, to be subject to the sovereign God and be free to be fulfilled, to be happy, to be joyful, to be peaceful, to be patient while we walk this earth for your glory. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I didn't get down to verse 9 where it says, if you do not have the Spirit of God, you're not saved. You're none of His. And so let me just say this. How, you say, preacher, how do I get this life? I'm glad you asked. How do I get in on this liberating, joyful peaceful, being a blessing life for God's glory. I'll tell you how you do it. You get born of the Spirit. You don't join some church. You don't turn over some new leaf. You don't make a rededication of flesh. You get born of the Spirit. How do you get born of the Spirit? Well, that's what J Jesus was asked by Nicodemus, who had it all together. He thought and was a great Bible teacher. And he said, you must be born from above. You must be born again. You must be, you must trust the death, burial, and resurrection to be saved.